everyone. Welcome to this episode of the Dorenda Wilson Podcast. I'm Dorenda Wilson. I am a wife to Daryl for 32 years. I've been a mom for 30 years. We have eight kids ages 17 to 30 years old. We have seven grandchildren and we've been homeschooling for 25 plus years. So um, I am really grateful to be here today. It's always just such a delight to be able to bring encouragement to the hearts of homeschooling families. And as we all know, there are many more homeschooling families out there than there were just a couple of years ago. Um, I was reading that homeschooling has actually doubled um, in the last year, year, year and a half. So, um, so welcome all of you who are new to this journey, especially those who never actually thought they would be doing this. Um, we're grateful that you're here, and we hope that you're finding the support and the encouragement that you need as you've sort of dived into this thing. And um, I think as we begin to do that, what we realize is that there are so many options out there when it comes to homeschooling, different approaches, different ways that we can homeschool. But I'm here to mainly bring encouragement to your heart as homeschooling parents, regardless of the approach that you decide to take. Of course, I'm a big fan of a more natural approach, and so that's kind of my perspective because that's my experience with our eight kids. Um, our homeschooling plan was very simple and straightforward, and in fact, I thought if anyone were looking in, um, from the outside looking in, they would have looked at our days and said, this is not enough. You are not doing enough. And the funny thing is that um, I, I did what I felt like God was calling us to do. I did doubt it periodically, but my level of peace and our kids' level of peace and the level of peace in our household um, in terms of what we were accomplishing each day um, really had to be more of the gauge rather than thinking about what other people would think. And, think. and so I, I think what I want to say to you today is uh, don't give in to that temptation to compare yourself to other families. Um, it's such a distraction. I think we can learn from other families, and I think it's really important to take uh, things we see that other people are doing that may resonate with our family in this particular season or may not, and we try it out and and just be okay if it's not actually working. I feel like homeschooling is like an ongoing experiment. At least that's what I felt like with our kids. I felt like there was this a certain amount of plotting that needed to happen every day with the basics, but the other things were continually kind of moving parts and that could be a little disconcerting when you're a person who likes a checklist, but again, I had to gauge things by what was the level of peace that I had as a mom? Like, was this, you know, for the most part working for us? Was it 80% enjoyable and maybe 20% just hard work and perseverance? That was kind of my uh, ratio that I tried to use and to sort of look at and use to gauge how I felt like our homeschooling was doing. And so that's a very different gauge than um, than having someone hand me a checklist or, as many of you know who've tried remote learning, having someone tell you these are the things your kid needs to learn today when the reality is these things, maybe a lot of these things, maybe all of these things are things my child 
doesn't want to learn today or isn't ready to learn today or isn't even interested in today. And this is the beauty of homeschooling is we get to be flexible. We get to decide what is best for our kids on any given day. And that's all I did as a mom. I've mentioned before that um, I don't have a degree. I don't have a teaching degree. A lot of people have asked me that question. I don't have any kind of college degree. I never went to college for one single day. Um, But at the end of the day, our kids had a great homeschooling journey. Um, They are successful, productive, wonderful adults um, who are adulting very well and they're good people. Um, they're, they're, they're my husband and my best friends. Um, so, uh, you know, at, at the end of the day, what really mattered was that I did what I believed was best for our kids. And so I just want to encourage you to keep that um, in focus because you know your kids better than anyone, you love them more than anyone, and you are more invested in their future than anyone. So why wouldn't you be the best one to facilitate their education? You know, I talk about this um, more in depth in the book that I recently published called The 4-Hour School Day. If you haven't checked it out, I would encourage you to go and look at that. Um, if you are not quite homeschooling yet or you have very only very, very young children, I'd encourage you to start with The Unhurried Homeschooler, which is a simple, mercifully short book on homeschooling that I wrote about five years ago. Um, it's It's sort of like the revealing of that simple plan that we had, especially in those early years. And a plan that I thought people would look at and think, this is not enough. There's no way these kids are going to be okay, that they're going to turn out okay. And guess what? They did. So if you want something not overwhelming, I would encourage you to go check out The Unhurried Homeschooler. It's available on my website, um, also at Amazon. And The 4-Hour School Day is available at Amazon and uh, at any of your favorite booksellers. So today, I'm going to be addressing a few questions that you all have sent me. Um, A while back on social media, I sort of put feelers out there to find out uh, what kind of questions you all had that you would want me to ask. Um, I think the question I posed was, if you could ask a veteran homeschooling mom any question, what would it be? So I'm going to tackle a few of those questions today. The first one is, how do you help or encourage teens to explore options after high school? So this mom says she has a junior in high school that doesn't have a clue what direction he wants to go. He goes between engineer and car mechanic, which are very different paths. Okay, first of all, I want to say he actually does have a clue. It sounds like engineer and car mechanic are maybe his two, his top two choices. You're calling them very different paths, but they actually have a lot in common. There's a there's a more of a math mind and logic mind related to both of these careers. But my encouragement that I want to give you is to be patient. And I know that's probably not what you want to hear because it's 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 work. It's work to be patient. But I always encouraged our kids um by asking them lots of questions. I would maybe ask your son, what do you like about car mechanics? What is it that you like about that particular job? And then what do you like about engineering? Um, you know, And then maybe what do you see as things you wouldn't like about each of these careers? Um, Continue to be patient and prayerful as a parent, but continue to be encouraging. This is the point um, in our kids' lives um, when it comes to their faith specifically, the um, the idea that they're going to need to make uh, 
kind of an important decision as to what it is that they're going to be doing can be a great motivator to encourage them to own their own relationship with God and to encourage them to learn to hear from the Lord for themselves. And so I would often say things to our kids like, you know, I really trust that you can hear from the Lord and that in good time, you're going to have the direction that you need. So just keep listening. I'll keep praying with you. Let me know if there's anything I can do to help. How can I be supportive of you as you are working towards making this decision? So really what we're doing is just nurturing them through this time. And another suggestion that I would make is find out if there is a place that your son can job shadow. Um, We did this with one of our, well, actually with a couple of our kids, but uh, one in particular, I remember uh, he wanted to be a physical therapist and he actually went through his anatomy book two years in a row because he was so serious about this potential career. He really wanted to be a pediatric physical therapist, loves working with kids, thought the idea of helping them physically would just be so rewarding. So we called the local physical therapy office and we asked if they were open to having him come and um, just job shadow. And they were really open to that idea. They were really excited. And I think this is what we might forget. Um, sometimes as parents, we we might feel like we're asking too much when we're asking someone in a particular job to um you know, to ask if our our child can job shadow. But really, people who love their careers typically love to share their careers, and they really like being able to help a younger person who might be potentially doing that job. So that's what that's how this particular office responded. And so Luke went in there, and um, he spent several days, I think it was a couple of weeks, job shadowing. And At the end of his time there, I asked him, you know, so what did you think? You know, I'm thinking he's excited. He's going to want to move forward. And he said to me, I don't want to be a physical therapist. And I said, why is that? He said, I thought I was going to be working with patients most of the time. And it turns out there's a lot of paperwork involved. He goes, I would be spending like 80% of my time doing paperwork. I'm not interested in doing that. And I just thought, you know, what if he had thought all that time that he wanted to be a physical therapist, gone to seven years of school, uh, gone into debt up to his eyeballs and started in a career that he hated, right? And how many people have you seen that happen to where people who have gotten a degree and they're not using it, um, can't find a job in that particular arena or just really can't find a job that pays enough in that particular arena. So at the end of the day, I think experiences and exposure to the things that they're saying that they're interested in is one of the best ways that we can help encourage them towards a decision. Um, If you want to hear more on that topic, I have a podcast that I actually did with Luke a few years ago. Um, It was called Navigating the Post-High School Years, and I will include that link in the podcast notes. Um, Because at the end of the day, really, not every young person knows what they want to do when they graduate from high school, right? In fact, those that do know exactly what they want to do are the exception, not the rule. But there is so much pressure for our young people to make decisions that they're simply not ready to make. College is becoming less and less relevant, and our kids are finding themselves floundering. And because of this pressure, many students go through the motions of continuing education without owning what they're doing. 
and others just become paralyzed and do nothing. And so in that particular podcast, um, Luke and I talk about our experience of navigating these post-high school years. Um, And I think one of the main things that we share that's really important in this podcast is that the journey looks different for every every young person in every family. Um, but I think you'll be encouraged as he and I talk about what it looks like um, to walk through those post-high school years together. Because at the end of the day, that's what we're doing. We're coaching our kids through that season. Okay, from another mom, um, she says this, we've talked before, but as a former public school teacher, the, uh, the homeschool world was never, ever something I expected to find, let alone admire it. My question is, how do you discern when you're trying to force something on your children and when it's God calling you out of your comfort zone? Okay, so first of all, oh, she's saying that this last year was a struggle with her 10-year-old son. I think it's important to remember that we are wanting to encourage a love of learning. Um, so there needs to be as many positive experiences as possible and overall good feeling that they, our kids have um, and that they associate with learning. So it isn't so much about how we feel about what's being offered. It's whether or not it's something they're ready for. Um, so my question would really be, how is he responding to it? Judge the material and or maybe the approach by how your child is responding to it. Um, is it resonating with him? Is he enjoying it? Is he showing any spark of interest? Um, because again, at the end of the day, the learning is about what's resonating with your child, especially at 10 years old. Um, one question, some questions that I typically ask myself when I would run into an obstacle with our kids and particularly with our boys, does he need to know this? I mean, does he actually need to know this? For instance, diagramming sentences. Okay, it's a useful tool. It can be kind of entertaining. So what I did was I would just present it to my child. I say, okay, this is diagramming sentences. This is how, um, these are the first steps to beginning to diagram sentences. What do you think about this? Give it a try um, and then tell me what you think. Okay, some of my kids hated it. They were like, this is horrible. I this do, do I have to do this? And I would be like, no, no, you don't have to do that. It's not necessary. It really isn't necessary. But I had some kids who said, this is so cool. I love this sort of analyzing the sentence and, and you know, um, what do you call it? Categorizing things. You know, those are my more logic minded, typically math minded kids who actually enjoyed that. So at the end of the day, it's really, the question is, does he need to know this particular thing? Okay. Does he need to know this right now? Is there another way that he can learn this? Or is there a better time that he can learn this? Or maybe, for example, is there some way that he could learn this um, through something he's interested in or a real life scenario that might present itself? And the last question is, is this hill worth dying on? Or is there a more important one to spend that time and energy on? Because at the end of the day, I don't want to waste my time forcing something like diagramming sentences and use up all of that energy, um, my energy and my kids' energy, um, instead of something that I know is actually 
something they really need to know. Maybe it's a character issue or so we have to really determine and discern um, whether it's a hill worth dying on or if there's a more important one that we want to spend or need to spend our time and energy on. That can actually be turned into a prayer. Lord, is this a hill worth dying on or is there a more important one um, to spend that time and energy on? And I believe the Holy Spirit does guide us in that way and sort of show us um, you know, kind of give us a little nudge one way or the other. Um, Again, I mentioned before the 80%, 20% thing. I tried to look at our overall homeschooling. I would step back when I wanted to kind of ask myself, how do I feel like homeschooling is going? You know, maybe at the end of the week, I'm evaluating it or whatever, or even at the end of the day, 80% enjoyable, 20% persevering. Sometimes it's a 70-30, but if it gets to be more um, than that, like 60-40, I would begin to think, okay, what do we need to back off on? How can we simplify? Um, What can we tweak? Because we want our kids to associate good feelings, feelings of success, feelings of um, obviously it's okay for them to fail. Uh, We don't want to, you know, ever tell our kids that failure, that they need to be afraid from fail, of failure, okay? Um, because failure is only failure if we don't learn from it. And so I think that's something, you know, we want to teach our kids perseverance, but especially in those early years, I believe encouraging perseverance should, should be happening in the areas of character more than necessarily in pushing through with a bunch of schoolwork and things that they don't really want to do or things that aren't resonating with them. So maybe just keep that 80%, 20% rate in mind. All right, last question. I loved the last half of your new book, especially the boy part, because I wrote a chapter in the four-hour school day um, where I really focused on boys. Um, She said, I know all these things, but how specifically did you say less words? I am horrible at talking too much. Okay, so here goes. Avoid talking about how you feel. This is a mistake that we make as mothers um, because we are emotional and somehow we think we can move specifically our sons with our feelings, okay? Sometimes that works with our daughters. That can actually border on manipulation, so we need to be careful with that. But with boys especially, um, avoid talking about how you feel. Avoid getting emotional because they just shut down. Think about what you're going to say and eliminate anything that is unnecessary. Keep it to the facts. The facts really are, where are we going from here? Okay, well, let's back that up just a little bit. First, they need to understand what they did and why it was wrong. Again, Keep it to one sentence, okay? Uh, the second is we need, they need to understand where we are going from here. So I'm going to give you a really simple example. Your son keeps forgetting to make his bed first thing in the morning. You've been over this and over this and over this, that the first thing he's supposed to do when he, when he gets out of bed is to turn around and make his bed, okay? So here's an example of what not to say. 
I've told you this so many times. How many times do I have to tell you? Are you just not hearing me? What's it going to take to get you to remember? I feel like you just don't seem to care about doing what I tell you to do. It's starting to feel intentional, okay? All kinds of things wrong with that. I, I, you probably will have lost your son after by the second sentence or the second question. Okay, so let's revisit that and let's try it a different approach using less words. And questions are always very good because they help our kids own what they're doing or not doing. So, first thing to say, as an example. What is the first thing you're supposed to do every morning? They should answer, make my bed. Did you make it this morning? They answer, no. Okay, come with me. You bring him to the bedroom. He makes the bed in front of you. And then I have him unmake the bed and remake it five times. Now, then I ask him the question, now how are you going to help yourself remember from now on? Because what's going to happen in my head, I know this is going to happen, every time he doesn't make his bed, we're going to go through this making it five times in front of me, okay? You can choose to tell him that or not tell him that, or you can just keep it simple and say, now how are you going to help yourself remember from now on? And let them problem solve, let him say how he's going to remind himself. Maybe he's going to put a sticky note on his door or, you know, on his, you know, on the doorway before he leaves, a big sign that says, make your bed. But really encourage him to be the problem solver. Really encourage him to own this because this is not your responsibility. It's his. And see, this is something that we tend to do as moms is we in, in, in saying all those things about how we feel, we are ultimately sort of sending a message that we're somehow responsible or that we are more responsible than we are for the fact that he's not making his bed, that somehow we, we, we make it messy by involving our emotions. So we need to keep it clean, ask straightforward questions, give straightforward consequences, and, and ask for straightforward problem solving. All right, let's go ahead and pray. Lord, we thank you for these great questions that these moms have asked. Lord, we thank you for the wisdom that you give us in our particular situation. We know that, um, uh, I love that saying that says, be stubborn about your goals, but flexible about your methods, Lord. I love being able to share our experiences and some of the ways that we accomplish the goals. Um, that we've talked about today in uh, in some of these questions. But Lord, we thank you that the methods can be flexible and can um, be what works for each family. So Lord, I pray for wisdom for every mom, for every parent listening, that you would instill specific wisdom to reach the goals um, that you have set in mind for their family, Lord. And I just pray that you would give them creativity, that you would give them patience, that you would give them wisdom as they walk out this journey with their kids. In Jesus' name, amen. 